Welcome to the Odds Pod. I'm Dave Hendrick. And I'm Ben Hennessy. And we're the team behind the Scout Comics title, The Odds, a will-they-won't-they they workplace rom-com. If that workplace is a post-apocalyptic feudal nightmare and the romance is between cannibals and limbs. Limbs are their laps there. Anyway, as we're sharing our favourite apocalypse story with you, we thought we'd ask some cool folks what their favourite tales of doom and beyond are. So, today's guest... He's a colorist who shot to prominence in just a decade or so, which by comic book standards is effectively an overnight success. He's worked for just about every publisher out there, like seriously, every publisher. He's quite possibly got one of the finest authors dedicated to the works of one Mr. Neil Gaiman, who he's also got to work with. And he is our pal and soon to be victim. We'll explain that later. He is Mr. D. Kniff. Very, very quickly, just on that point of every publisher, right? I'm going to do a checklist here, right? Yeah. Okay, so Marvel Comics. Yes. DC Comics. Yes. IDW. Uh, yes. <laughs> Image, <laughs> Image Comics. Yes. Aftershock. Yes. Vault. Yes. Anyone you don't want me to mention? Well, I've done Boom. <laughs> I think I've got a Boom book coming out. Uh, Black, Mask. Some... Black Mask. Black Mask, yeah. yeah. I did a couple yeah. of books of Black Mask. Yeah. Xenoscope. Xenoscope. Very Xenoscope. early up. Yeah. Um, so everybody. Z2. Have you done a 2018 book? I helped Len O'Grady yeah. very early on in my career, and he gave me a credit in it. So nice. Yes. <laughs> that counts. And, of course, the O'Brien Press. O'Brien Press, indeed, yeah. Um, uh, I haven't done haven't done any Beano or what, what O'Brien's uh, book would that be, guys? Oh, that'd be uh, a book from from a while back. Um, Brian Whale, Queen of Storms, available in all good bookshops. I don't know. That book. That's a great book. Not bad. Yeah, Luca Pizzari's artwork is amazing. The wanker who wrote it though, don't know. Don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, don't underwrite him. He's, I, I'd say he's got some great stuff on the way. I think he does. <laughs> I think he does. Um, I'm pretty sure he does. Uh, so uh, yeah, so. Just on that on that point of publishers, I'm trying to think: is there anybody I can humanoids? Have you worked for humanoids? No, I have. Oh, <laughs> I have. I have. I have. I did that Michael Walsh book, The Oats and the Elephant Team. That's right. Yeah, nice. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Everybody, you worked to everybody. <laughs> yeah. And like we said in the intro, you know, you know, shot to prominence in the last ten years, um, which is effectively, yeah, it is. It is an overnight success as far as comics are concerned. Now, we were just talking about one actual overnight success there, but we'll, 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 we'll save that for his his episode. But um, but yeah, comics move slowly, but then it takes so much work. It moves slowly, but then it moves fast. Yeah, yeah. So like, like your I experience think... of that. So let's go back 20 years. D is delaying uh... advertising. Yeah, so I actually been, can I can I go back a little further? Because yeah. I only kind of recently discovered you studied animation. Is that right? I did animation by the firm, yeah. By the firm, or, very good. I hadn't realised that before. In, Another one. Like, uh. like nineteen ninety three, maybe. Ah, the good old days. Nice. I hadn't realised. Uh, actually, no, it wasn't that. It was CGI. It was one of the first years of the computer animation that they were, were doing there, when just before CGI was 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 huge. It was, it was, it was, was when was Toy Story? Was that ninety three? That was ninety three. It was ninety two, ninety three ish, and we were the first year, I think, and we had some really ropey Amigas, which ran yeah. lightwave, so slow. A couple of PCs that had three D Studio Max one or something, and they it took like fifteen minutes to render one frame. And, oh, you know, man. 
it was, but you know, we did, we covered the basics. We did all the the uh, the basic basics of, of hand drawn animation, and we, we the whole process started with hand drawn animation. Yeah. But the industry wasn't ready for us, and we weren't prepared for the industry. Not many of us got jobs in animation hmm. or in. Um, there's only a few people from the class. There's one guy who ends up going off and working on doing uh, Tomb Raider games. So he was oh, very he was good. Really good. Then there was uh, Ender Lachlan, who was uh, the Warlords of Pez. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. he directed that movie last year or two, two or three years ago, the Irish movie with uh, uh, about the girl who can see dead people and... Um, Oh, I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, what yeah, it was tough? brilliant. The, yeah. the court girl who was in it, the, the Maeve Higgins, was was the the, the lead in it, and she yeah, could... it was. Um... Oh, this is this is this is a podcast of middle aged man going. What was it? Oh, my memory. Yeah, extraordinary. Extraordinary, yeah. yes. Yeah, I literally yeah. just got it on Google. You just beat me. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so yeah, it has of... one of the best trailers you'll ever see. Done as a kind of a 1970s Irish instructional film. Yes. Yeah, and it's just like it's ah, it's fantastic. I love it. I love it. It's a great that movie. Great yeah. movie. And who's yeah. the big American star in it? Um, oh, it was uh, MacGruber. What's his face? Yes. Yeah, that dude. Which is a huge guy. Hmm. Yeah, and he was brilliant in it, and has one of the funniest haircuts I've ever seen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I did animation years years back, and then I kind of got into publishing and advertising, and I had done some early comic coloring for in Dublin magazine. Oh wow! In, in like nineteen ninety nine or something like that, I started dodgy color. ads at the back. No, no, but there was a there was a comic strip called Una. Okay. Uh, which I did the coloring for. And that was like kind of my first, I was getting paid 50 quid for a comic strip. And that was amazing. Yeah. But then there was, it was kind of almost not pre-internet, but, you know, certainly, you know, the internet existed in 1999, yeah. but, you know, you couldn't really use it for anything. <laughs> and it took a long time then for me to actually figure out how to make a career in comics. Yeah. So like, ten, it was like 2010 or something before I started trying to figure out how to be, how to make comics a career. Yeah. Yeah. So what was, what was the turning point? What was the first book that you kind of went, oh, hang on a second. I'm getting there. Well, I, I started flatting for people like Lena Grady and uh, Lee Lockridge and Matt Wilson and stuff like that. And that Victoria, can, can you explain what flatting is for people who may not know? Well, flatting is just picking out uh, areas on the page. You know, you're drawing <clears throat> flat areas of colour under the line work to make selection easier for the colourist to select and do their rendering over. over. So it's kind of just a, a first step in, in the process of colouring where breaking down the, the page elements to make them easier to colour further down. The, the process and I was flatting for years and I was kind of figuring out how to colour at the same time and uh, picking up little bits of indie work along the way and you know that gradually just leads to the more indie books you get 
the more other people, publishers start taking notice of you or other writers or artists take notice of you. And then, you know, your career goes very slowly for a long time. Mm. And mm. then suddenly you're on like 10 books a month and say, like, oh, how did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And in fact, there was about three years ago, things had kind of slowed down a bit. And I was getting a lot of indie work or, or you know, non-big too. And the pinnacle for any art, comic book artist or writer in your head is working for DC or Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of where you go, oh, I made it now. It's not necessarily true, but that's what you're always working towards. And I remember I emailed uh, Ryan Lindsay, who I've done a few books with, uh, Eternal and mm-hmm. the uh, uh Oh, what else did they do with Ryan? Eternal. So Eternal was the Viking one, was it? Yeah, Eternal was the Shield yeah. Maiden one. Um, yeah, yeah. Headspace. Oh, Headspace. And, yeah. yeah, and uh, I, I just I emailed him and said, oh, that I'm done. I think I'm going to go look for a day job. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just kind of feeling depressed about the whole thing. And the very next day, I got an email from Marvel saying, do you want to pick up a gig? I was like, oh, okay, amazing. And then the day after that, I got a DC gig as well. Yeah. So in the space of I'm depressed and I'm leaving comics, I got secured work with the big two. Nice. And Dream come true. Since, yeah. Since then, it's been kind of nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah and and just, just to verify just how nonstop it is, the fact that we can't name all the studios these work for. Like, I, I went <laughs> to kind of just have a look at just how many books D's on, but then knew D was on everything. And then it's like, what's D on recently? And even going through what D is on recently. I still can't remember how much it was. It is you've, you've, been, you've been spending quite a bit, a bit of time on Krypton recently enough, I think. Oh, I did, yeah. I did three, yeah. three 200-page graphic novels uh, with Claudia Gray and Eric Sawadsky hmm. um, at the House of L, which yeah. was an amazing yeah. kind of... Uh, a young adult uh, book, which was you know six hundred pages in two years. Yeah, huge on one edition. project is yeah, it's yeah. On one project, and then plus I'm working working on like twenty or thirty other projects at the same time yeah. as that. So yeah, uh, it's nonstop. Like I love it, man. <laughs> I like. I mean, I I love picking up picking up books on 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 a Wednesday and flipping through and seeing your name in there like it's just like it's still i still feel like running around every house going i know that guy see that, see that name there? i know him he's my friend i know him you know well yeah you, uh, the, you know, uh Whale was one of my first published yeah. books yeah yeah um yeah and, and it's but like the work he did was beautiful like it's just i yeah. kind of look back at it and go oh, i do that differently but what i was doing at the time I learned so much in those what 120 pages or whatever it was. Oh, it's not. Yeah, it's not even. I think it's 64. It? I think it's only 64. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. but like, yeah, do you remember like, the original script was 128, and then it came back to it and said, "Yeah, we have to cut it in half." I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> they said they cut it in half. They cut it in half. Yeah, 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 yeah. They 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 had to slim it down. So, uh, so this is this is a lesson um, for for writers out there. Certainly, comics all about economy of storytelling. So we just had to take that 128 page story and retell it in half. Yeah, but some of those speech bubbles weren't pared down at all. No. (laughs) There's a a couple of pages that have uh, a full full novel length uh, speech bubbles. It was was my first book too, you know? Yeah, 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 man. 
Yeah, so yeah, it, that was that was one of my first books and learning how the process and 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 that was kind of part of the breaking from oh I'm really good at flatting I'm just going to flat forever to yeah. oh I have the confidence to to color a book. Yeah, yeah, awesome man. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you haven't looked back. It's um, it's just kept going. So so what's keeping you busy at the moment? Like like literally right yeah. now for everybody listening. D is working on a book as we speak. <laughs> like he's that he's that diligent that he you know he won't even even break off for to do a podcast. He's chatting away to us as he's working on something. Amazing. Also, I'd it's... like to point out how good he is because he's he's keeping the conversation up no problem while working, which <laughs> I think is is known to be a difficult thing to do. But there you go, you know, no problem. I mean, in fairness, it. in fairness, Ben, we can't see the screen. So it might be. Yeah, no, so you but... don't know what I'm just, I'm just scribbling here. Uh, it's the last page of. Can you like tell us? Oh yeah, door to door, night night by night, issue eight. Amazing. Uh, so there's another four issues Great left series. of this, and then we're we're done. Wow, man, that's um, awesome. And then for as soon as I finish this, I'm straight into another book I've got. So tell us, uh, tell us about the time you got to work with your hero. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> I think that was. It's funny. I was uh, looking for a segue to that. Just get straight in there. That's way better. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, as people probably know, uh, I'm a, a massive Neil Gaiman, and uh, well, I was I was talking about Donald Trump. Uh, Sorry, I was talking. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sam, I'm fan. Yeah. So uh, the I've been I've done a few books with uh, Z2 or Z2. I'm not sure how they, they pronounce it. Uh, I did the Screaming for Vengeance, the Judas Priest. Thing, yeah, uh, which is an amazing book, and I did a bit of work on the Gore book. Oh, amazing! Yeah, uh, and the Tori Amos twenty year anniversary or something of of the little or maybe thirty year anniversary. I'm sure of little yeah. earthquakes. The earthquakes, yeah. Uh, and the opportunity came up to do a strip in that, and I was like, oh yeah, cool, I'll go for that. And uh, Rance Fairfoxstrom uh, said, here, have, the, have this little. Nice. four-page story at the end and it turned out it was the the neil gaiman um afterward and that, that's it that was pinnacle for me that was i can leave i can leave comics now <laughs> yeah you've done it and is that still yeah. to date your the fav- most favorite thing you've worked on to date or probably yeah like i when i was working in advertising and i was just kind of playing around in comics um they were announcing the Saman overture uh, was going to be coming out and I immediately kind of went oh my god who's colouring that and I emailed everybody I knew in comics was like who's going to colour that who's going to colour that and it got back to me that it was going to be uh, Dave Stewart obviously <laughs> so I emailed Dave out of the blue and I said look this is Saman is my dream job I absolutely love it I would give anything to help you you know do flats or whatever on that book and he was like yeah sure no problem and I quit my day job <laughs> yay nice so, that so good big, advertising yeah that was my big break was 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 Sam and Overture, which was one of the toughest things I've ever worked on it was the J.H. Williams is a formidable artist a very mm-hmm. intricate artist yeah. oh my god yeah. and, and you know the, the whole thing with the different styles of on each page just a while so that was my quitting the day job and yeah was for Sandman. Now, nice. I really absolutely all those Sandman universe books. I, I, I keep uh, 
shouting out into the abyss that I want to work on one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't so know if it'll help, but uh, yeah, but please, please, DC <laughs> editors who listen to this, um, and we just we actually we 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 just went through our 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 listening report with our producer there recently enough, and uh, we have a lot of listeners in the US. So yeah. hello, you know, United States. Yeah, someone's so, someone's got to be someone's got to be working for DC and, and Belgium. Hi, Belgium. I'm Belgium. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I can work in Tintin. Yeah, and the shrubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds great. Do it. I'll get you back on again. The Smurfs are Belgian as well, aren't they? Are they Belgian? I thought they were just. I thought they were French. I thought they were straight up French. Oh, maybe the French are they? Okay. Yeah, I could be wrong. But uh, you know, Belgium, France. It's all oh, good. I, um, yeah, let's not get into. Oh, we need them. They're our fan base. Let's be, be nice. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm telling you. Yeah, and they and they make great comics. Sure do. I, well, I remember when I was very young, maybe five. <clears throat> uh, my parents had a BMW camper, and we toured around Europe for months, just stopping off in places, yeah, and like Spain and France, just driving from from where we get off in the ferry, yeah, the whole way down to the south, south of Spain, yeah, and picking up. French comics like French yeah. Asterix and then Spanish yeah. Lucky Luke and all these comics yeah, that, you know, I have, yeah, yeah we wouldn't be able to have re- understood the the story the words yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, when you were to... when you were five D there's not a chance that stuff would have been sold here anyway because there would oh, have been yeah. some some local busybody outside with a with a, 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 a you know a, a placard <laughs> praying the rosary for the for the souls of the children yeah, with this sort exposed of to this yeah. filth yeah yeah good old so yeah, it was amazing then being <laughs> being like four or five traveling through Europe and picking up European comics yeah 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 and you know when I, what I'd been used to was Buster and Wizard and Chips yeah and, yeah. Uh, and an amazing use of spree, yeah, an amazing use of of color in those books. Yes, you know, uh, and Mobius. So, did you check out any Mobius when you're when you were? Oh, um, <laughs> I wasn't that precocious age yeah. five. Yeah, personally, I think the airtight cars is yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fantastic though. <laughs> That that would be that'd be a start of a whole new world for that kid. Holy God! Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Um, Actually, on the note of whole new worlds, how about the end of a world? Oh, um, nice segue. Hey, hey, look at that! Oh, I thought this is a comics podcast. Getting, getting smooth there. Partly, partly. Um, but why don't you take this question this time, Dave? Well, okay, I will. So, Mister D. Kniff, colorist extraordinaire, what is your favorite apocalypse? Well, it's not necessarily the actual apocalypse that's my favourite. Okay. It's the, the, the apocalypse, be it, you know, Captain Trips or uh, the Rapture or the Snap or anything that, that has a huge uh, mass destruction of half the population pretty much straight away. Sure. Um, that's by the by. It's mm-hmm. it's the aftermath. It's the post-apocalyptic bit that I've always oh, okay had a thing for. So from the day after onwards, yes, and yeah. it's how how we as society and we as individuals react and uh, 
deal with things after that, after the, the apocalypse. Um, you know, do we, how long does it take from the, you know, the trying to keep civilization going like, like the leftovers, uh, you know, before we start wearing baby doll heads around our necks and mm. eating children? You know, like how long yeah. does it take for us to go from civilization to cannibals? Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a good point. You know, it's like it's littered throughout kind of apocalyptic mm-hmm. fiction and stuff. But um, but nobody ever really does that analysis. Like nobody ever looks at you know, okay, the breakdown. How, yeah, how long does it take to break? Yes. Down? What's the period where everyone's doing the everything's fine, everything's fine, it's all gonna be fine, we're all fine, everything's fine. You know, how, how long does that go on? Um, how long is the delusion of 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 what was before normality being kept alive? Yeah, um, you know, like when you look at say, okay, the leftovers or the Marvel universe, um, after the snap, mm-hmm. you know, that was, I'm not sure what percentage was taken in the leftovers. It was one in seven or whatever it was. Yeah. In leftover, I think it was like two percent of the world population was left. Right, so it wasn't a huge amount, but you know, and the MCU was fifty percent straight off the Mm. bat. Yeah, the leftovers, they there's there was a huge kind of societal trauma and um, bereavement that they you know they, they they got on with with the world, but you could see the trauma that everybody had experienced. Mm-hmm. Whereas the MCU, ugh, 50% of the planet goes, uh, people are a little bit sad, but then they just get on with life. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that you know, I didn't get that. And then, you know, you look at something like uh, 28 weeks later, which is, you know, 28 weeks, which doesn't seem like long enough for me after a zombie invasion for you to try and get the city back to normal. You know, mm. 28 months later or 28 years later for me would make more sense of those. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they haven't done that yet. Um, They'll probably get there. I wouldn't worry too much about that. <laughs> um, so you're seeing, and then you look at, say, um, the stand. Yeah. There, there was a, I don't know, Six years or something, maybe between yeah, something like between that. Captain Trips leaving the lab and Randall Flag going crazy in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, so we, and then the road again. You know, is that that's about six or seven years after the event, whatever that was. Yeah, whoever yeah. all that kid is, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and wow, they really went fast into devolution there. You know? Oh, big time! Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, in reality, humanity or civilization, do we go from trying to keep our, our shit together yeah. to cannibals that quickly within, within well, seven I, years? Well, I think there's a bigger chance of it. And like, this is something the odds actually addresses, but I, I, mm-hmm. I think there's a bigger chance of it happening now in, in kind of modern... like up to the minute kind of modern times because we've automated so much of the food chain. Like so much of the food supply now is factory farming on a massive scale. So much food is processed before we, you know, it gets to us uh, that if it all fell apart in the morning, would we have the wherewithal to feed ourselves? Yes. 
you know, and I mean, the odds posit that we would not and and takes it from there and mayhem ensues and it's, <laughs> yeah it's a fun time loves. for all the family pick it up when well, when, when, when it's out <laughs> well there's that kind of there's that difference between you know those kind of that dystopian post-apocalyptic everybody is murdery and cannibally yeah to that kind of more uh uh well, they are children of men kind of thing where, mm-hmm. where it's all a bit bleak, but we're still stiff up or liberating it, you know. Um uh to then something like you know, like sweet tooth or yeah, uh this kind of uh post-apocalyptic little house in the prairie kind of you know, where it's an agrarian society, not everybody is a, a murdery cannibal. Yeah. Yeah. And people are making making do and they're repairing their clothes and everybody's kind of just trying to get along. Yeah. Which is the, the ideal scenario was for me is, is that kind of uh, let's not be so murdery and let's all just get along. Now, saying that uh, over the past 20 years for fun with the kids, mm-hmm. we'd often discuss what would happen in the zombie apocalypse. That type yeah. Of thing. I love so it. We're all, uh, we're all fully trained archers. <laughs> uh, I, I, I go. I practice my uh, my archery an hour every week. Very good. Uh, we have full full sets of compound bows and uh, recurve bows and uh, ar- arrows upstairs that, uh, that 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 are ready on supply. <laughs> the step ladder is upstairs for the very reason that if zombies come or there's an alien invasion, they go. You know. Uh, the bed <laughs> in the box room yeah. fits fits exactly into the gap in, in the return of the stairs coming up. Okay. Okay. Now downstairs, there's far too many bay windows and big windows that can be broken, so there's no defending downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> but if we can block up the stairs upstairs with that first bed, uh, step ladder to get down. The, the second story window down of the garden to get out to the shops to to loot Centra. <laughs> uh, so, you know, get the chicken fillet rolls. Yeah. Yeah. Are you taking and pot it, shots from the landing then or something? Is it? Oh, absolutely. When I'm down practicing archery, it's 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 not a bullseye I'm going for. It's it's a, it's a zombie brain pan. <laughs> right. So 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 let's just wind it back a little bit, D. <laughs> You've actually put some serious thought into this. Mm, yeah, I love yeah. this. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a prepper. No. Or, or, <laughs> no, I'm prepared. Right. Which is different. Okay. And armed. Okay. Well, and armed. Yeah. 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 And it's also a bone arrow. So, like, you, you could be like, if people are always kind of looking for who's going to be on their zombie apocalypse team. We now have their silent assassin. You know, you, you uh, could be that, their Daryl. That's you know? the thing. When I watch Daryl or anyone using a, a bone arrow, a crossbow. On, or uh, that's a, it's not a crossbow. It's, it's a, it's a, a, a recurve or a, a compound or a recurve. Oh, is it? Compound yeah, it's one of those yeah. ones that would actually explode ahead as opposed to just stick in. Yeah, that, that, yeah that's because yeah, yeah. it, it's yeah. got the little uh, uh, wheels in it that, that that make it give you a far stronger draw. Um, they always shoot wrong. They're looking with the wrong eye or their fingers in the wrong position or the arrows, on, the arrows on the wrong side of the, the bow. And like, oh, yeah. It, you know, or that they're holding the bow at a quirky angle, which means that it'll never shoot. Not gangster style. Yeah, yeah. And if you do, I want to hold it like this, Chief. 
Yeah, but if, they, if you do shoot, that string is hitting you on the forearm and tearing yeah. that first 10 layers of skin off your arm. Mm. You, you learn fairly quickly how to, how to hold a, a bow so it doesn't tear skin off your forearm. Nice. <laughs> um, how long have you been um, doing archery then? Well, my eldest did archery from when he was about 14 through till he was about 16. He was really good. 12, he did it for a few years and he was really good and he had the full kit and he was he just gave up one day. So right. he was sitting there and the middle child did it for a little while. And then the youngest did it for a few years and I went up with him because we had the equipment. And he gave it up about four or five years ago, and I've been doing it myself. Well, nice. <laughs> it's not nice and meditative. Like, like I do yoga, but my, I can't silence my brain. My brain just never shuts off. But when I'm you're worried shooting, about those zombies coming to your gaff. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> but when I'm shooting the the my bow, yeah, uh, my brain shuts off, and I just I focus on 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 the target, and that's perfect for me. It's a nice little break. Now this this. Target, you mentioned. You know, is it is it moving? Sometimes. So, is, sometimes. is it the kids with a load of pillows duct taped around them? Some, sometimes around the you chain to the wall. And like, <laughs> you know, I've cut the arms off it and the legs, yeah, so it, kinda, it rolls yeah. around a little. Yeah, bit. that's fair. Yeah, I mean, you, you live on an incline. Yeah, yeah. I was like pretty it, into it though. Like, I'm kind of thinking if it went over to your gaff, you'd have some room where you'd have those poisonous frogs, where you're dipping the arrowheads on the backs of the frogs or something. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm not fully prepped for the zombie apocalypse, okay. but it's in the back of my mind. So I mean, there is something hopeful about that, though. You know, I mean, I think if the worst was to happen and there was a zombie outbreak and we were all gone to shit, I'm not so sure I'd want to survive it. You know, but here's, oh, absolutely. But here's you. You know, you're 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 ready to take them on. You're ready to you know get down to Sandra and nick all the all the. <laughs> The chickadees or or the the monster munch or whatever whatever you're having yourself, and 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 get back to the gaff and survive another day, you know. So that that's kind of hopeful, man. That's kind of that's kind of uh, kind of good news, you know. In well, in between the death and <laughs> yeah, uh, and the, the threatening the staff with the bow and arrow, maybe the crossbow bolts and <laughs> everything else. And you know? we do have a big box full of seeds. That, seeds. That haven't been okay. seeds that haven't been planted yet. Now we did have an allotment for a couple of years, so I am. Your green I, do fingers. To, I do know how to grow some stuff. That's good. Yeah. Um, any 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 good animal husbandry? No, and that's no. the thing. I'm a, the, 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 there has been discussion. What do we do with the dogs? Yeah. Well, they get eaten, right? The same with the horses. Like that's well, one thing in the apocalypse films I don't really enjoy because there's no way in an apocalypse where you're struggling so hard to feed yourself, you're going to be able to feed this massive animal all the time. Yeah. Well, you see you're the going look to eat in the their, massive animal, right? The look on their face when they uh, have to open a tin of dog food to eat it. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's the look you're getting in an apocalypse film to eat a tin of dog food, there's people certainly not going to be eating dogs. Now, I'm vegetarian, so. Yeah, that's off the menu for me anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the dogs that was a part of uh, the leftovers that really got to me whenever the dogs would show up, like, and and you had to, you know, that uh, oddball dude out shooting them, and yeah. I was just like, it was heartbreaking, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was the absolute worst. Yeah, shoot all the people you want, but leave the animals alone. Yeah, leave yeah. the dogs alone, <laughs> man. You know, they'll sort themselves out there, you know. <laughs> They're better than us anyway, so you know, they, you know, it's 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 their planet, not ours. Um, leave them to it, you know. Um, so yeah, okay, so so there's D and uh, and family, 
arm to the teeth, you know, firing shurikens out and and and, and knocking <laughs> blocks off with with bolts and you know, basically a family of storm shadows just uh, <laughs> just just doing their thing. To, and to and with, with the amount of books D is on, I mean, he could make a little fort out of all the comps you get in oh, every week. Well, you know, surely. There's about 40 long boxes here of comps, yeah. so there, that'll <laughs> certainly make a, a fairly hefty barricade. Nice. Uh, certainly um, good to wrap around the forearm when you're going out amongst all the zombies. <laughs> exactly. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, uh, there was a, a, I was listening to a, was it John Ronson being interviewed on some podcast there recently, and he was talking about the severe crippling anxiety he has every time, or he had before he got a McKenna cured it with hypnotism that every time he left the house the crippling anxiety that his family were going to die okay and it, it was awful for him but speaking to that when I was working in Dublin and getting the bus home every day it did enter my mind that if it wore the worlds you kind of thing how long would it take me to walk back Traffic, traffic and stuff from, from Dublin, Dublin to Athboy. About yeah. eight hours. So, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's running around from massive tripods, maybe a well, that, Yeah, that's, you know? a yeah, yeah. that's a different story. Because I remember when the big snow apocalypse there, mm. what, 2008 or whatever it was? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a great year around the world. Yeah. 10 hours or eight, eight to 10 hours it took for the bus, the bus air and bus to get me home. Sorry, man. I think I would have slept in the snow. I couldn't. Oh, I can't. Well, I couldn't. I can't, they wouldn't let you off the bus. I can't sit no. on a bus for more than three minutes. Yeah, oh, like, like, immediately when, nauseous. You know, they my are wife my friend. My wife rang me at about 12 o'clock and said, Get in that fucking bus now, get home. It's yeah. everything's going to shut down. So I got, <laughs> I got the bus at like two o'clock. Yeah. And we sat on the M50 for like six hours, moving a foot every five minutes Jesus. and then once we got out to the sticks yeah. there was no snow plows and there was no traffic right. and the bus the bus took another four hours to get just creeping along oh it was awful but yeah. then I, I mean that's an apocalypse in itself day yeah. that bus journey like I mean yeah. <laughs> wow. right yeah 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 I mean by the end of that you know people have changed they have <laughs> you know they've been affected <laughs> people know more than they should about each other well I actually like I was they certainly smell more, you know. Speaking to my being being a prepper, before I left, I'd filled my bag with uh, snacks and drinks, and I was pretty much the only person on the bus who was prepared and act like a king. Was there a, <laughs> was there a bathroom on this bus? No. No. That's but a good they, thing. But we were on the M50 and it wasn't moving, so. Right. <laughs> yeah, draw your own conclusions. And then the most annoying thing was yeah. after finally getting off the M50, hmm. The bus driver pulled in to let everyone out for a smoke. When priorities man. Put yeah. before, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't Jesus. let you off the bus on the M50 because it's the yeah. M50. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Which is a big as... huge motorway. Sorry for anyone listening in, yeah. in, in the US or Belgium. Um, which which is a, a big huge motorway around around Dublin. But as soon as the bus got out to the six where there was no traffic and on a blind was, on a blind yeah. bend in the road in in, in pulled the over and let everyone out for smoke. That was so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. That's... Like what was like, do you ever hear that that Bill Burr joke like where if you're gathering up everything for an apocalypse? Unless you're physically capable or you have a gun, I think he says it's it's, it's a shotgun skit. Um, he said, you're just holding on to everything for the biggest guy in the neighborhood or the biggest guy in the block. Yes. You know? Until he comes and takes it away from you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's all his, you know. The, the 
the pandemic was pretty pretty much a, a litmus test for which of the neighbours and people in my town are going to get it first. <laughs> oh, well, let's go through your list. <laughs> in at one, it's... Whoa. Yeah. Because I know that they're the type, the, 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 the fuckers who wear, wear masks and centra mm. in oh, yeah. the midst of the pandemic. Ah, the chin nappy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are, the one, <laughs> yeah. are the ones who, when they get the, the zombie bite or the fungus infection, are not Hide. telling anybody. Yeah. Yeah, and they're the first ones to be taken out. Yeah, there's there's a zombie movie in it that should be set in a in a pandemic, like we just had, where people are wearing masks and somebody gets a bite on the cheek or something and is hiding it under under the mask. <laughs> you know that 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 that's one that I'm sure we'll see we'll see sometime soon. Um, but yeah, dude, I I spent two years of my life walking around my local grocery store just eyeballing people very angrily as I looked at them wearing their mask up to their nose, but not yeah, over the their box. nose. You know, like, and, come and on, coughing, picking up every product and touching it and coughing. Ah, it. yeah, I got to squeeze we, all the avocados in a, in we a pandemic. Only stopped, you know, we literally only stopped masking recently. Two, it was on the news two or three yeah. months ago. Yeah, yeah. Like we were still masking every time we went out. And, yeah, same here, man. And we literally became the only people in the town that were wearing yeah. masks. To people that this is, you know, really annoying. I, I still mask. I, I mask in bed. No, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a different kind of mask, though. <laughs> um, all right. So, so uh, D, where can people find you if you want to be found? Be be uh, wary, only- folks. He has a lot of weaponry. Yeah, don't call to the house unannounced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it. Don't call to the house. Yeah. Uh, only Twitter. It's the only thing only for, them, for now. I'm waiting yeah. for the blue sky. You know, anything to get off that that toxic hell. Yeah. Hellhole. Yeah, but um, it's our toxic hellhole, and we're all there together. Oh yeah. Yeah, for now. So, <laughs> so where will they? What's your what's your address on Twitter? It's at Dzoid. Dzoid. D e e z o i d, and Dzoid. After Zoids? No? Or just um Yes and no. Hmm. And Grant Morrison's finest work. <laughs> uh Zoids. I remember getting a Zoid for the first time when I was a kid. It was a yeah. most amazing, amazing. Little, kit, little kit that you had to build yourself yeah. and then wind it up and it um I think it was a guy I worked with started calling me Zoidberg. Oh, okay. Right. There you go. And, then and that's that, why you're not in advertising anymore. Yeah, and that quickly morphed into <laughs> Dzoid. Okay. And that cool. guy can be found with an arrow in his head. <laughs> his corpse. Yeah. Um, can be found rolling around Dee's garden. And all the books you can get any of all my books in the shops as well. All his books in the shops. In all the shops. There's probably too many shelves. shelves. But yeah. Dee, give, well, give, 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 give us the greatest hits there. Okay, well, at the moment, Joe Fixit just finished up Marvel. Oh, amazing. With uh, Peter da- uh, Peter David and Neil J. Sinar, and that'll be out in trade soon enough as well. Yeah. Uh, Indigo Kids with Kurt and Alex um, from Image. We're on issue three now. That's going up to issue six. We're hoping for an ongoing on that. Nice. Um, Get out and buy it. Pre-order is your friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just started up an arc on Shield with my uh, Runaways family, uh, Rainbow and Andre. Um, and then I'm doing uh, Marvel Voices uh, Runaways on uh, the Infinity Comics with Terry Blass and uh, Bruno Oliveira. Um, 
Barnstormers with Scott Snyder and Tula Lote. Coming Never heard out. of them. Who are they? Are they yeah, new? I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's coming out uh, in print um, soon enough as well. Yeah, very good. Very and good. that'll be going to trade. Um, there's a Star Wars Return of the Jedi one-shot Empire thing, Jodie Hauser and Jethro. Door to door, ongoing for another up until issue 12 and various trades coming out of that. Um, there's, oh, Bad Karma, which is available. Finished recently, with, didn't it? Yeah, it just, we just, last issue went up this week. Um, on Panel Syndicate, and that's pay what you want, read it for free, 320 pages. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the hardback from Image, 320 pages, big brick of a book is coming out in October, November. Brilliant. Um, there's uh, a broken social scene, 20th anniversary um, of, um, what's it called? You, f- you forget it in people. It's 20th anniversary of that album. And uh, it's a big uh, Canadian comics jam. All these Canadian artists uh, taking a chapter or song each and uh, illustrating a chapter to it. Nice. And it's, it's written by Lonnie Nadler. And that's a real f- uh, formalist comic. It's amazing. And I'm the only kind of thread between each of the chapters to make oh, wow. really disparate artists pull together into one uh, novel or one story. Um, that's coming out in July-ish or mm. something. Um, and then I've got a, 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 a I don't know if I can, I probably can't say the name, but a David Lapham book coming out okay. from Skybound as well. Nice. Halfway through the year. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, keep <laughs> that's, that's enough. Oh my God, it's so <laughs> much. Keep well done. And, and D, the, the prize for doing all that work is that when issue one of the odds hits uh-huh. the stands, you will be our, our key victim in that particular issue. Sure so. are, buddy. So we've oh. drawn you into, we've written and drawn you into the issue and uh, just wait and see what we do to you. <laughs> Now, is that, is that uh, original art or digital? Digital. Oh, because I, I I buy, you know, well, I'll get a, a nice artist proof off you. I buy uh, my appearances in comics. There you go. Uh, oh, well, yeah. I'll get one for you. And what Absolutely. I'll also do is, if you want a traditional piece, I think I have the originals because I start everything on traditional when I try to figure out a character design. Yours is around here somewhere. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Like, I've had a few appearances. I've been in, so that ought to be my... my, my latest one but I've been in Secret Avengers nice. um, I was in Venom Deck drew me into a Venom into an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting for some reason oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been in Avengers as well I think um, yeah, uh, yeah, early on my, my career I, I used to like being in comics not yeah, so much now <laughs> But if, if I'm in a book, I, I, I buy the original art. I'll, I'll get the stuff to you. No, Fantastic. Friend to yeah. friend, you need to buy anything, I'll pass me away. <laughs> yeah, we, we we mess with your life in that one, man. It's, uh, <laughs> oh, really? Sure. Do, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's it's dark. Yeah, yeah. You, I couldn't... I, 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 wanted to, I, wanted, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it for someone who I, I, I really, you know, I really like and I get along mm-hmm. with. 
because I knew if I did somebody who maybe I wasn't as close to or as well acquainted with or as honest with, they take it the wrong way, you know? They take like, it personally. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, no, nah, he's you, going to be cool. You come this, out of this, you know? Pretty well as well. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're you're one of the good guys. Um, Absolutely. But yeah. Did I sign away my rights? It goes tits up. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you do. Years ago. Yeah, years ago. Top up. I'm growing away. It's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it, man. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> When's that first issue out? Big question next year. Yeah, next year. Um, yeah. so it'll be, be kind of quarter I'm, one next year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic. That's the plan. Yeah. I'll be yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah, dude. Um, Us too. Us too. Yeah, can't wait. How long, how many issues is it? Five in total. Five, and you're nearly done? No, yeah, no, yeah, no. A well, bit, of, a bit of work to do so far. I've been slowed down with one other gig. That will be finishing up soon, and then I'll be full on to this. And uh, we're kind of uh, 60% there, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Once you yeah. get into yeah. the home stretch. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting there. Yeah. Are you, yeah. Are, you, are you 100% through and, uh, and isn't? Oh, oh Dave has finished ages ago. Dave had every oh. script done before I started. Oh, dude, I I yeah. I had written it before the mm-hmm. pencils even hit the paper. It was yeah. it yeah. was ideal because Dave would break down everything to me beforehand. So even if I here's one thing for artists: like if you don't know what's coming in ahead of you, you might blow an idea on a character design on someone who you could have held it on to someone later on. Didn't have that issue with 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 the odds at all. Dave had everything sorted out for me. I knew what was coming. I had an idea of, of what uh, route we were to go down, but also like every character I got to make a particularly strong different silhouette. Um, yeah. So it, it really worked in my... my uh, that That uh, is uh, really important, knowing what's coming, because a mm-hmm. lot of the time I would have no idea what's coming down the line for me and absolutely make my life 10 times harder yeah. by doing something a certain way because I think this guy is only appearing for two panels and the, but then suddenly he's the main character yeah, in yeah, the next yeah. four issues and I've after doing line holes on his eyebrows and, and his his uh, or colour holes in his eyebrows and his hair and now the next four issues are him having me having to colour hold uh, every bit of him so yeah like knowing what's coming down the line is is absolutely crucial yeah crucial and such a bonus that if a writer can provide you with with that sort of upfront so listen up there's dave didn't have to be asked he just did this and it's brilliant and it works and i know there's another thing i think we've talked about it before d that we like to have um times of day essentially absolutely dave has all that covered too guys yeah because, Matt, it, it's so important like i just oh, I don't know how people don't put this in their scripts. Like, just, <laughs> like you know. T- it, time of day and even quite happy to have the mood. Mm-hmm. Like there's certain writers I work with who are really, you know, they're not Alan Morey full details, but they'll have a, a, a paragraph of this is what's happening on this page and this is the mood and this is the time of day. And, yeah. You know, that, I mean, I, all that, that stuff is that whole thing about the vibe, like, you know, what you're trying to achieve with the page and, you know, I won't be too flary in the descriptions of oh, yeah. the panels, but I will get the vibe across. I think. 100%. I think yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Even, even with our little chats before I dig into a, into an issue, I mean, they made a big difference. Do you get them on, on stuff as well, D or are you just going by script? Most time it's just script. Yeah. And sometimes it's just a lettering script. Oh, wow. Okay. okay yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's not even a script. You know, sometimes I'm just looking at the page going, oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a bit of a reach, isn't it? How do you imagine Oh, that? yeah. 
Like, how do you deal with that? Like, do you just kind of see what happens and deal with the well, I'll do it and I'm not, I'll do it and I'm not taking any notes. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, listeners, if I can just let you know, the look D gave when he, when he said he's not taking any notes, that, yeah. would, that would turn anyone to stone, any editor. Yeah. He put, no put, how put the bone arrow down, D. He put the bone arrow down. Fantastic. All right, D, we're going to leave it there, but uh, thanks so much for joining yeah, us. Yeah, thanks, man. Oh, fantastic. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. And uh, just one last thing. Are you going to be at any cons in the near future? Are you going to Thought Bubble? Anything? Uh, I haven't been invited to anything. Okay. Let's put it that way. I don't go to cons. Okay. Folks, invite invite D along to your cons. <laughs> You're missing yeah. out. Come on. We All want right. to bring D to Thought with us. Come on. Uh, Thought Bubble. It. I love Thought Bubble. Yeah. Um, and depending on, you know, yeah scheduling and all that sort of stuff and yeah we can badger on your behalf don't worry <laughs> I know I know you've pride we don't so it's fine right okay yeah okay you get, I, you get on to them for me who do I call okay <laughs> um, yeah and folks uh, if, you, if you're listening just uh, you know petition everybody you know who's holding the call to get D up there alright okay we'll leave it there thanks so much cool, thank you very much thanks, guys everybody. Thanks for joining us on The Odds Pod. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Look out for The Odds coming soon from Scout Comics. And please tell us what your favourite apocalypse is. You can find me on Twitter at Benessy. That's B-E-N-N-E-S-S-Y. And me on at Dave Hendrick. Big thanks to our producer, Adrian Carty, and we'll see you at the end of the world.